Type Network presents The views and opinions expressed in the Pisada Tales are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of the people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with professionally or personally unless explicitly stated. Any content provided by the host and guests are of their own knowledge and opinion and do not intend to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. In researching for this episode, I read an article by Steve Krause. I'll put the link in the description. In it, he tried to address the same question I tried to address later in this episode. What got me was his ending piece, which is a rephrasing of the old cliché. If you fish for a man, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats fish for his whole life, or until the lake runs out of fish, or he gets sick of fish. If you guide a man along the path to teach himself to fish, he will eat until the lake runs out of fish, or he is sick of fish, or wants to preserve the fish ecosystem, at which point he will teach himself to hunt, forage for berries, buy and sell commodities or build iPhone apps, and then trade these other skills for all sorts of food. Let's stop teaching people how to fish, or anything else for that matter. It's more fun to figure it out for themselves anyway. Seymour Papert, a South African-born American mathematician, once said, You can't teach people everything they need to know. The best you can do is position them where they can find what they need to know when they need to know it. Through education, you can also better yourselves in other ways. You learn how to learn, how to think critically and find solutions to unexpected challenges. Education also teaches you the value of discipline. You can learn how to be a better human being. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pissarra Tales. I'm JM Australia, or Sir J, as my students call me. And this podcast is all about my thoughts and experiences as a young millennial teacher. Welcome. Thank you for joining us this week. Maraming salamat po sa inyong pagtangkilik. Whether you are listening through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you joining us this week. And yeah, in case you missed it, the Pizarre Tales is now part of the Pilipinas Indie Podcast and Entertainment Network, or Pipe Network for short. Yes, uh, you know, maraming salamat po sa Pipe Network for including the Pizarre Tales. Be sure to check out Pipe Network on all of their social media accounts for the latest news and updates around the network. Yan. Uh, this week, uh, I wanted to talk about something that, you know, usually comes up uh, from students, whether, you know, us as students or, you know, if you are a teacher, whether uh, you're, listen- you're hearing this from your students. So growing up, Usually, pag may na-encounter tayong uh, subject or topic na hindi naman tayo, you know, interested in learning or, you know, we don't, we find difficult, for example, let's say, you know, solve for X, yung mga ganyan. Yung mga ganong klaseng tanong. Often, we would find ourselves wondering as students, and why do I need to learn this? Paano ko kailangan aralan ito? Pagagamit ko ba ito in real life? <laughs> and that usually comes up with you know with more technical subjects such as math and science. Yeah, lalo na yung mga hirap jan. Shout out sa mga hirap jan sa math and science. You know, the common sentiment is that why do I need to learn algebra? Why do I need to learn chemistry? Why do I need to learn physics? You know, 
what value is this to my day-to-day life? I mean, gusto ko mag-artista. <laughs> gusto ko maging singer. Gusto ko maging dancer. Gusto ko namang, uh, gusto ko maging writer. Like, why do I need to know this? Sometimes it does come up for, you know, other subjects like Filipino and language subjects. Someone who might be studying Filipino might think, you know, bakit ko alam alaman ng pagbabagong morpoponemiko? <laughs> o, oh, diba? Why do I need to learn about, uh, you know, Why do I need to study this book? Why do I need to read The Secret Garden? <laughs> Or why do I need to read The Giver? You know, these kinds of uh, questions that come up with our students. Sometimes it also applies to history. You know, why do I need to learn about things that have already been done? I mean, tapos na eh. Kaya nga history, di ba? So, parang, why do I need to study the past? You know, some of these sentiments may come from students that, you know, find this a particular topic uninteresting or difficult right and i can't blame them because most of what we study in school gets forgotten anyway i mean they made a whole tv show about it you know they made a whole you know tv show called you know who wants to be a fifth grader na <laughs> filipino version i remember some of my friends are from there but i digress so most of what we learn in our elementary days and in our high school days especially the technical stuff they don't really do apply in real life. And this is because, you know, we tend to forget things a lot, right? Just quick background. So most school curricula is what we call spiral. Spiral curriculum, right? So you probably heard this from teachers. Uh, basically, the concept of a spiral curriculum is that topics are compounded every year. Basically, in a particular school year, it's supposed to be a prerequisite towards new topics that will be introduced in the next school year. For example, you know, in earlier grades, you'd be taught how to add, how to subtract, how to multiply, divide, etc. And then, that won't be taught anymore in the higher years because you're expected to know these things already. So teachers will give you more complicated topics, right? more complex topics that require the foundations that you've learned in earlier years. And on paper, that should work. Ideally, if a spiral curriculum is done right, it would encourage students to keep on adding knowledge and skills, right? And we'd learn more about the things around us. But despite this format, students tend to forget their topics, especially after long breaks, such as vacations, Christmas break. Ayan, Christmas na. So, you know, your students uh, would be, you know, in their Christmas vacation mode or summer vacation mode, and then... Pagbalik ng klase, nagkakalimutan na. You know, this happens a lot. Especially, you know, when I was a student and when I'm a teacher now, right? What happens is that we end up reteaching some of the same topics. Case in point. So, I'm currently teaching chemistry in my science classes. And one topic in chemistry is what we call stoichiometry, which deals with how, how we compute for the products and reactants of a particular chemical reaction. And the basic math involved there is simply multiplying and dividing, sometimes adding, right? It's just basic arithmetic. But it's done in such a way that involves what we call dimensional analysis, right? So this is where you need to know how to cancel your units, etc. And it's something that I taught to my students last year, right? Most of my students this year are still my students from last year. And I've taught some of these topics already, But after that school year, I mean, understandable, you know, a lot of crazy things that happened uh, before the school year. But this usually happens with students that, you know, after 
a long summer vacation. Students would tend to forget the topics that they've learned in school. And that's pretty much how the spiral curriculum is flawed in a way. While on paper it should work, it doesn't work. And that's because our brains are wired to forget. In a 2017 journal article by Richards and Franklin entitled The Persistence and Transience of Memory, you know, they talked about how our brains are wired to do both remembering, which in this paper is referred to as persistence, and forgetting, which is referred to as transience. So they've done the research and the article argues that forgetting is just as important as remembering. How so? One, quote, it enhances flexibility by reducing the influence of outdated information on memory-guided decision-making. Basically, you know, forgetting is our way of cleaning up the outdated information, right? So it optimizes that part of decision-making. At the same time, it, quote, prevents overfitting to specific past events, thereby promoting generalization, right? It encourages, forgetting encourages people to take in new information, right? So that we're not enclosed in this box that we're in based on past events. So forgetting is important because this is our brain's way of cleaning out the old data, the outdated data, in order for us to store new data, new experiences, right? So it's not unfounded that students forget. But why do students tend to resort to this line of thinking? Why do we keep on asking, what would I need this for? Why do I need to study this? But kailang aralin to? And the common answer is because we tend to choose the path of least resistance. And you know, we could either express it out loud. Basically, yung mga magreklam, ah, teacher, sir. At ko kailang aralin to. Hindi ko magagamit. Gusto ko magartista. Or some of them, some students would just you know keep it all inside and bear the quote-unquote pain inside. Uh, they would, you know, be disheartened or you know, just be, just not do their work properly. Like, you know, um, I have had my fair share of students that, you know, don't really put much effort in him. And while it's easy to get mad at that, all right, I'd like to think that there is something bigger at play. Maybe that's because they're not interested in the topic, right? Other students, they might feel that most topics are abstract or too jargony, or too detached. This is especially true if you are studying for a subject that you're not necessarily inclined in. For example, if I was a STEM student, I'm not necessarily inclined towards the humanities. Of course, there are people who are inclined to the humanities as well. There are STEM students that are inclined to that. But generally, like me, I've been geared towards the science. Growing up, I've always liked science, right? And so for me, sometimes it is a struggle to understand, you know, say history or literature. I don't read a lot, to be honest. You know, I'm not a good, I'm not a big reader on things. And so I've always had a struggle in my English subjects because, you know, most of them are, you know, reading books, etc. This is also a common sentiment for, you know, science majors, especially in college, right? So in college, there is this thing called the GE system or the general education system. So these are subjects that, uh, you know, all students are required to learn regardless of your major, right? And there are some people, right, from all fields who would question the importance of this, right? And that's unfortunate because these are subjects that I believe are essential for everyone, right? You know, there are students that would think now, why do I need to study this? 
Now, what seems to be the root of this whole sentiment? Bakit nga ba tayo madaling magreklamo? Is it just because we're lazy? Is it just because, you know, we're uninterested? Well, I'd like to think that one possible reason is that we've developed this culture that we equate learning with grades. Tanong yung may isang sadyante, ba't mo kailangang aralan ng math? More often than not, they would answer because it's required, because uh, you need to get a high grade, right? because, you know, it's part of the curriculum, etc. The main excuse would be because it's needed, it's necessary, and not necessary in a life sense, but in a, in a grade sense, right? For the longest time, we've, we've associated success with good grades. Because of that, we, you know, we try our best. I mean, we still, you know, do these things kasi nga, kumbaga, napipilitan na lang tayo eh. You know, ba't ko kailangan mag-angal ng English kasi required eh, subject ko yun, in scholarship ako or whatever. You know, but I'm not really an English guy. For example, you know, you're a writer and then, you know, why would I need to study science? Eh, kasi required eh. And even if we're not motivated to do things, even if we're not motivated to learn the subject, we're just generally not inclined to learn. Kasi, yun nga, napipilita lang tayo eh. Ganun yung concept doon. And so, I feel that we need to change the way we teach our subjects. Right? And we'll talk more about that right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community where you can explore thousands of classes in design, photography, business, podcasting, and more. New customers can get started with a free trial to get unlimited access to the entire catalog with a premium membership. Sign up and use the promo code ANNUAL30AFF, that's A-N-N-U-A-L-3-0-A-F-F to get your free trial now. Mainit na diskusyonan. Masarap na kwentuhan. Malinamnam na usapan. At nakakagising na balitaktakan. Parang kapilang. My name is Jeff. And I'm Waya Angeline. Join us in our conversations at, at Coffee Na Lang Dear Podcast. Podcast. Right, welcome back to the Pesara Tales. Um, so before the break, I talked about some of the reasons why students result to this kind of thinking and you know why do i need to study this why do i need to learn this let's look at it from a subject point of view right let's go to the different subjects that we learn in school and let's try to rationalize why do i need to study for this particular subject now mind you my training as a science teacher makes me feel more confident to say things about science and math right uh, but i'll try to bring meaning to the other subjects as well because, you know, I believe that all subjects are important and this would be based mostly on my personal experience as a former student. I mean, aren't we all? But yeah. So let's divide all the subjects that we study in school into three main categories. First, you have your arts, right? So in the arts would involve, you know, fine arts, drawing, etc. And music, right? And, you know, possibly literature. So why do we need to study these things? Why do we need to study art and music? Right? I'd argue that all students have creativity in them. Right? All students have an artistic side to them. Right? Whether that is pronounced or you know not as honed, right? All students are creative, right? We are able to think creatively in certain situations, and these subjects help foster that. Learning about the different, you know, ways of how to draw. 
or learning about how to appreciate music. These are ways for us to explore that side of ourselves, that creative side of ourselves. And these subjects should be able to help us develop that side. Next, we'll talk about um, the social the humanities, right? So social studies, Araling Panlipunan, Sibika, Hekasi, whatever it's called right now. Right? Why do we need to study this? Why do we need to study about history? Why do we need to study about things that already happened? Because it helps us understand the culture that we are in. And it helps us understand the cultures of other people, of other countries. Awareness helps us to be more understanding that the world is bigger than what we experience right now. You know, we are part of a collection of people, right? Of different cultures. And understanding culture is, you know, one way to promote unity as well. But ko kailangan mag-aral ng mga tapos na because it helps us understand how we can progress as a society, right? So it's mostly, you know, cultural, social awareness, right? Next, why do I need to understand language, right? This is supposed to be part of the arts and uh, language part. Basically, why do I need to understand English? Why do I need to study Filipino? Most language subjects, they are divided into grammar and literature. Of course, we need to learn grammar because that's our way of properly communicating with one another. And then we we study literature because I'd argue that similar to your social studies and your Aralit Panlipunan, it helps us understand culture. These things, works of art, music, literature, these help us understand the society that created them. It gives us a glimpse as to what kind of people were these? What were they interested in? What were the things that you know helped shape their generation or their, you know, their country or their society? All right. And finally, of course, you have your health, physical education, math, and science. Why do we need to study this? Especially for math all right, and science, it helps us develop critical thinking. Having a scientific mindset, having a mindset of Looking at things from a logical point of view, from a scientific point of view, it gives us a different, it gives us a different lens, right? Than simply looking at it from an emotional side, from a social side, right? We need all these things to be holistic. It's not enough that, you know, we ha- need to have empathy. Of course, that is important. But at the same time, we need to think of things in a critical sense. We need to be more understanding. Why are things happening? Why are these processes happening? Why is it? you know, getting hot right now? Why are storms becoming more intense? Because of climate change. Why is it that, you know, dumping dolomite on a beach is not necessarily the best environmental decision? Because it's not supposed to be there, right? So understanding these things from a scientific point of view helps us develop, you know, a more critical thinking, right? Actually, critical thinking can be learned with any of these other subjects, even with literature. So, just by looking at all these lists, you'd see that there's a lot of overlap. And that's because all of these subjects are important to one another. All of these subjects have a reason. There's a purpose to understanding why we need to learn these topics. So how do we move forward from here? How can we work towards moving away from this whole sentiment of, you know, why do we need to study this, right? And I want to look at it from two different points of view. First, from the student's point of view. Right? Here are three things uh, that we could do to work towards moving away from that sentiment. First, 
students need to understand that subjects are there for a reason. Like I mentioned a while ago, you know, it's not just because they're part of a curriculum. They're part of a curriculum because these are things that are vital to developing a holistic personhood, right? To develop a holistic, you know, life, right? You can't be too good at, you can't be just knowing at one particular aspect of life. For example, in English or one particular subject, Filipino, right? But you're not good in science. It's understandable that different people have different intelligences. Different people are good at different things. But having an un- a basic understanding of all the subjects should help us to be a more holistic people and eventually a more holistic society. Next tip, uh, students need to realign their focus on how you go about schooling. If your main goal in studying is just to get a high grade or just to pass, then we need to reconsider why are we going to school. Ideally, students should come into school, hopefully, to learn, not just to get a numerical grade, right? Not just to get an equivalent for how they learn, right? We've ingrained in ourselves that the only way to be successful is to get good grades when it's not, right? And that affects our way of understanding these subjects. Kasi ang pipili mo na lang ay yung magbibigay sa'yo ng mataas na grade, so do na focus. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I had this classmate. He was really, really good in economics, right? He was good at the subject. Nag-effort talaga siya. And it's actually one of the more notorious subjects in our school. So he was really good at economics. But when it comes to when it comes to bio, wala siya pa kayo lam. Diya type in bio. Eh. Arang, you know, whenever you would come to bio class, I remember there's this one incident where you know he went to bio class and it's an open reset. Open recitation. So the teacher was asking questions, picking on students and asking questions. And then when the teacher picked this student, he flat out, you know, admitted that he didn't read and he doesn't care. And so there was a standoff. And you can imagine the tension. You could cut the tension with a knife. Right? And then, the, of course, the teacher sent him out. And from that moment on, the student kind of learned that, you know, just because you're not good at this particular subject just because you're not interested in bio doesn't mean that you know you would just not care about it right students need to realign their focus we're learning things not just for the grade but also because this is our way of understanding the world the society that we will be entering once we graduate and finally uh, one last step for students allow yourself to be open to new knowledge and possibilities Having a closed-minded way of thinking that, you know, I don't need to learn about algebra. I don't need to learn about math, right? I'm not going to be an accountant. I'm not going to be a scientist. Why would I need to learn this? You'll be surprised at how many things, you know, other subjects can teach you once you open yourself to new knowledge and possibilities. You know, there are, you know, art installations, fine art installations that employ different aspects from math and science, at the same time, on the other hand, there are scientific discoveries, there are scientific processes that are influenced by the way we understand art and society. So for these students, all right, for the students who are listening, three things. First, understand that subjects are there for a reason. Second, realign your focus in terms of how you go about your schooling. And third, allow yourself to be open to the new knowledge and new possibilities that you could learn from school. Now, for us educators, teachers, listen up. 
how can we promote a more you know meaningful learning experience for students first we need to help students rationalize the goals of our subject this is what i usually do at the start of my school year telling my students what do i expect from you after the school year of science and i always tell them no i'm not here to create scientists out of you i understand that not everyone will be geared towards the sciences what i'm after is that you develop these skills so that even if you encounter science in your daily life your first instinct would not be to be would not be uh, aversive to it would not be aversion right you'd be open to understanding these new topics understanding these new skills right and i think that is something that we tend to overlook as teachers because Madalas natin naiisip is, kailangan ko ituro kasi ito eh. So, diretsa na tayo. So, one plus one equals two, etc. I think we need to help our students understand, you know, what are the goals? What are their goals in studying your subject? Which brings me to my next tip. We need to provide students with a plan for success. And when I say success, not just in getting high grades, right? Of course, that's part of the equation. Being that we are in a, you know, education system that put a premium on grades. But at the same time, how can we tell if our students are successful? So we would list out what are you expecting? You know, for example, if it's in math, if it's in math, you would expect these students to know the process. Every now and then we would get mistakes, but the process, the critical thinking, that is what our definition of success is, for example. So we need to outline those for students. They need to have an understanding what are you what are what is being expected of me as a student third tip we need to point out the skills and knowledge that are being developed of course this comes with you know exploring the syllabus explaining the syllabus what are you being what is expected to be expected for the rest of the school year all right we need to point out okay um i expect this student to learn how to you know solve for stoichiometric problems or how to understand biology or I'm expecting the student to understand the concept of how to create poems or how to understand poems or, you know, pointing out the skills and knowledge, you know, helps students develop their plan for success. They would now be encouraged to know that this is what is being expected of me. This is how I could learn. This is how I could be successful, right? And it paints them a clearer picture on how to go about their schooling. And final tip, and I think the most important tip, as much as possible, relate your topics to real-life applications. That's the main reason why students are asking that question, why do I need to study this? Because they fail to see how can this be applicable to their daily lives. And all of these subjects have, you know, real-life applications. Like what I mentioned a while ago, especially for science, right? This is a common sentiment with my students. I'm sorry if I'm talking about science a lot. I mean, this is pretty much my background, but... I always hear this often whenever I meet people and tell them that I'm a chemist. You know, I'm not good at chemistry. You know, that was my worst subject. You know, I don't see the importance of it. The way I see it is that chemistry helps me understand certain processes that I would normally take for granted. For example, why is it effective to drink milk instead of water when I'm eating spicy food? It's because there are molecules in the milk that help, you know, trap capsaicin, which is the chemical that 
um, which is the chemical that causes spiciness, basically. And milk has these compounds that you know could block the effect of that, and so you wouldn't get as spice. You wouldn't feel the spice as much, right? So normally, you would just take it for granted that you know, ah, you know, I just need to drink milk so it wouldn't be as spicy. But putting meaning into the things that we do, you know, brings more meaning to our lives. Right? If we go about our daily processes, our daily events, our daily experiences, and understanding them to have no meaning, then I'm not sure what kind of a world we would live in if we just go about you know things that because we're thinking about them, you know, na, ah, or this is just what I've been doing for the past few years, and it's, that would be sad. That wouldn't be really a world worth living. So it's kind of like. You know, uh, Dead Poet Society. I remember, you know, I have, I don't really recall much from that movie, but I do remember there's that phrase, there's that quote by Robin Williams that you know, understanding these topics like beauty and art that gives meaning to our lives. And similarly, I think we as educators need to put meaning into the topics that we teach. It's not just because it's part of the curriculum. It's because these are things that can be applicable to our daily lives. Now, most people would think that this whole sentiment is the student's fault, that they should just stop complaining, you know, just, you know, sumunod na lang kayo. And I think that thinking is wrong. Actually, the burden may also be on the educator. We as educators have to do our best to be open-minded to the possibilities that knowledge can provide. Right? It's not enough that we are imparting knowledge. There has to be meaning to this. Right? I'm one of those people that, you know, believe that almost everything has a reason. Sounds cheesy, right? But think about it. The absurdity of things when things don't happen for a reason is something that not a lot of people can take in. So as much as possible, we should be the ones, you know, would give meaning to it. And that starts with education. That starts in how we show, how we demonstrate our topics, how we explain our topics, right? And hopefully students would be able to appreciate the new learnings, not just because it's required, but because they want to learn. And hopefully, you know, a better society would come out of that. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Sorry if I'm a bit all over the place. All right. I'm trying my best to be better as an educator, as a podcaster. But thank you very much for listening. You know, if you have any comments, suggestions, Uh, topics you would like me to discuss be sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the pisar tales message us there comments what have you if you want to email us you can email us at the at gmail.com the original music that you heard and will hear was composed by ej drillin once again this is sir j wishing you a wonderful day (laughs) 